0: We know that nothing can separate us from the wonderful love in Jesus. Nothing. Isn't it a beautiful scripture in Romans where it says what what could possibly separate us, but it starts off by saying nothing. Nothing can separate. And sometimes we think these things could. No, then all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation can separate us from the love of God. Not even COVID, not even any bad circumstance that you've experienced this week. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And so we need to know that as we, as we live in a world with uncertainty and the, we have things which we are wanting to do this week and, and maybe you're not going to be able to do them. I have a daughter who's booked to come out and son-in-law who's booked to come out on a flight on Friday from Germany. So that's all in the air. Whether we'll meet next week like this, it's probably in the air. But we meet we, it's just such a privilege to meet. I just, it's just so, so wonderful to be here together. So nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate life. The life of Jesus. So they are offering baskets at the front and the and, and the back. If you when on your way out, if you if you want to give, Lord, we thank you for your blessings that you bless us beyond our wildest dreams. We thank you, Lord, that we have food on the table, a roof over our heads, and we just thank you that everything we have comes from you. And so we rejoice and we thank you. I thank you for the monies that come through EFTs and I don't know however people paid into the accounts, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So this COVID time has been, been challenging, and, and I think Milan just would like to just share just a little story, a little uh, testimony of uh, her dad going to be with Jesus in this time.
1: So it's been quite a year. And in three days' time, it'll be halfway through the year. So we're not quite halfway yet. And a lot of things have happened this year. It's, it's, I feel like it's, it's been a year that'll go down in history in my journal. I've lost 13 kilos. Yay, Lord. And we're not quite halfway, so hopefully more by Christmas. Um, I'm on a journey through the Bible chronologically, which has been <clears throat> a transforming journey. So for those who are not familiar with chronological, it's, it's reading through the Bible uh, in the order of the events that took place in history. So Genesis 1 to 11 is about creation and um, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and the Tower of Babel. And then we go to Job. Who is books up. But Job was Abraham's contemporary. And so we read about Job. And then we pick up in Genesis 12 and we start with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. um, And they land in Egypt. And now we're in Exodus and Moses. And every now and again through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there comes a psalm. But it's a psalm by Moses. And it makes so much sense when you read it in the story. Uh, So I'm coming up to the end of Joshua, um, and we're in the promised land, and we're taking ground. Back in Exodus, why didn't they go around the Red Sea? Why did they go through so that God's glory could shine? In Joshua, the Lord made a spectacle of the Jordan River when just a little way up the Jordan River, here are the shallow crossings of the Jordan River with a wide road. People used to cross the Jordan River easily here. But he takes millions of people here across the Jordan River when it was in full flood by rolling itself back on itself all the way down to a a village. And all of this water flowed into the Dead Sea. So here's all dry ground for millions of people to cross. Only God could do that. Why? For his glory. It's important that God's glory shines through us. And it's important that we don't do life our way. So I've lost weight. I'm reading through the Bible chronologically. And as I am, I mean, I'm just reading a book. (laughs) But my mind is being changed as I read this book. It's just words on a page. And as I look up from it, the circumstances of my life remain the same, but my mindset towards it has shifted, and so everything has changed. And the reason for the shift in mindset is because I'm reading this book, which is not a book. It's, it's, it's life. It's life and breath on a page. So that's been an interesting journey as my understanding of the scriptures becomes deeper and as my perspective of life changes. So that's that. Then there's our journey with Serepta Church. Who in the year that she turns 50 is about to change again. Her name is going to be changed for the fifth time in her life. She was born as the church at Asagai, and then she became, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. This is name number five. This is going to be a leadership change again, and there's change that's happening. And Sarepta is very close to my heart because I've been in this church since I was 12, since July 1978, and so what goes on down here? is very close to me. So I've lost weight. I'm reading through the Bible chronologically. My church is undergoing a shift in this year. And my dad went to glory. Oh. So he lived a horrible life. For the last, I would say, ten years, he just checked out of life. My dad. He stopped living for a cause. And I don't know if it was intentional or not. I think some of it was. But he just checked out. And he was young. He was in his early 70s, when he did that. And for the last six Christmases, we were convinced that dad would not see the next one. And we would celebrate a Christmas and say, that was definitely the last one. And he would leopard crawl to the next Christmas. So the last six years have been Excruciating, and i 've had messages from people saying i 'll be with you when he goes as as anticipated as and as expected a death is it 's always a shock, and it 's always painful when it happens, and that has not been my testimony. I got the call at seven p m on the tenth of June to say dad 's passed away." And my first thought was, "What does hello look like in heaven? What does hello look like? Who, 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 who comes and says hi? And what does the journey there look like? Did he have a an aerial view of his body, and then did he go through a tunnel and land on sweet grass?" Or, And so since the 10th of June, my mind has been in heaven. Because I know a lot of people who've died, but now it's my dad. What does it look like up there? And what is he doing? Is he on his knees taking off his crown from his mind that is now whole? And is he saying, holy, holy, holy? Is he... Is he in the throne room of heaven? Worshipping the Lamb? Or is he feasting at a table? Or is he being blown away by the colors of heaven? Where is my dad? And what is he doing? I do know that he's in heaven. And I dread to think of... What goes down when you die and you did not know Jesus or you forsook him? But more than the wonder of heaven is the wonder of Jesus himself. How did they greet one another? And if I thought that my mind had been transformed by reading through the bible since the 10th of June I've discovered that um, my mind has changed a lot all because of my father's death (laughs) and the fact that he's in heaven and my mind has been there the whole time what does heaven look like? You know, if you go to, uh, on a holiday somewhere and you're familiar with your destination, you know what to pack. You know probably what the weather's going to be like. You know where you're going and you know how to prepare for where you're going. And there's a measure of heaven that we know nothing about because God has set it up that way. We actually don't know the fullness of where we're going to. And so, yeah, I, the fact that I'm in a Church at all is because of my dad. He was uh, on a mission to find God when I was a little girl. Oh my goodness, and he went into spiritualism and all sorts of weird and wonderful things, just on a mission to look for God. And one day on the 11th of June, 1978, he said, We're going to go to the full gospel church, and that's where we became born again as a family. And a month later, we landed up in Sarepta with Jonathan Leach. So I'm in this church. I'm married to the pastor of this church because of my dad. We wouldn't have gotten here if it weren't for him. And now in his death, I'm (laughs) closer to Jesus than I've ever been, and I'm deeply grateful.
0: So Colossians chapter 3, just in the context of what Milan has been sharing. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Isn't that what we are being called to? We are being called to be heavenly minded. I know there's that adage which said some people are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. But uh, I, I think if we really are heavenly minded, if we really have a vision of Jesus, then we are going to make an impact in this world. When we see Jesus for who he is and what he's done, then we are going to be real. Then we are going to have a different perspective on life. The things which which get us down, the things which challenge us, the things like COVID and sickness and, and and uh just the pressures of life, the the uh trying to make a few bucks and balance budgets and raise a family, raise twins. Wow. That's not an easy task. Especially when they're little. It's getting a little bit easier, I think. No it's not. <laughs> But we need to in the in the busyness of life in the life in which we find ourselves, we need to be seeking god 's kingdom and his righteousness. We need to be looking at and seeing heaven from a from uh, we need to be seeing heaven God has set eternity in our hearts, and we can never be satisfied with all this stuff we can 't be satisfied we can 't be satisfied. And, and sometimes we get sidetracked and distracted, and we think, this is all there is. This is all there's ever going to be. And it's not true. I did a memorial service in the week, or, or yesterday. And the comparison was like chalk and cheese between Ian's memorial service and the, and the memorial service I did today. I don't know how they got hold of me. They just uh, they just uh, somehow got my name And they asked, could I come and do a memorial for their mom, who was called Evra. But nobody in the family knew Jesus. And uh, I don't know Evra's, I've never met her. But there was a sense of loss, there was a sense, this is the end. They had no heavenly perspective. And we need to have a heavenly perspective because we have a hope. Sue has a hope she's going to see Pete soon. Les has a hope she's going to see John soon. Milena has a hope she's going to see Ian soon. And sooner than we think, sooner than we think, And so it's so devastating doing those kind of memorial services. Just welcome to uh, Jeremy. Thank you. Jeremy Smith's from the Pintown Presbyterian Church. He's on sabbatical, so he's joined us this morning. And I'm sure you've done many memorial services like that, where there's been just no certainty. No certainty the person hadn't been walking with Jesus, and those are hard. And so as, as we look at our story, as, we look at, as you look at your story, we have a hope. And our hope is Jesus. We sang that, that song, and it's an old song. I don't know. It's from 50 years ago. Beautiful Savior. Our intercessor, our redeemer. Our lo- He's everything. That's why we're here today. We have a hope, and our hope is Jesus. You have a hope. Some of us are getting a little bit older. And so we need to know that we, that we have a hope. We need to know that Jesus is with us. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He, who, he is the author and perfecter of your faith and my faith. And we're on a journey. And I love the journey. It's a, it's a journey journey. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if I can find it, verse 18, or let's turn in from verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. When you turn to Jesus, the veil is removed, we can see him. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord there is freedom, there is liberty. And we with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord there is freedom. Freedom, that's what you and I experience when we come to worship. We experience freedom, and we can worship Him, and we can worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that's why the Word is so important, that our worship is uh, governed by... Who we are and Melanne's journey through the chronological Bible, which she's reading, is changing her mind and changing her thoughts. And and, and that's what we do when we read the scriptures. That's what it does. And so now now when we worship the, the Lord, we worship him from a place of knowledge, from a place of knowing him, of what he's like, of who he is. So where the Lord is, there's Freedom. And the Lord has given us his Holy Spirit. And so now we can see. And we can behold. And we can see. We can see Jesus. That is probably the most important thing that you and I ever do. See Jesus. Because as we see him, we are changed. We are transformed. Remember the story I read about uh, Joni Erickson Tata a couple of weeks uh, ago when she was this uh, bride in a wheelchair with a grease mark on her dress and she was, uh, uh, didn't feel beautiful at all, but when she saw the groom, it all, that all faded into its insignificance because she saw how much he loved her. Do you know today how much Jesus loves you. How much the groom loves you. What he went through, Martin, what he went through because he loves you. Do you know that? Do you know that today? I'm praying that you'd have a, a greater revelation of that, that we would all have a greater revelation of that. We'd have a greater revelation as, as, as uh, Joe wants to do a word Yeah. We have a greater revelation of the love of God.
2: I wanted to um, share something that's been on my heart for the last few days. Um, you know, when you, you see an older couple, and you're having a conversation with them, and maybe the uh, the husband pauses for a moment, and the wife jumps in and just says the rest of the sentence, right? <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes it's the other way around, yeah. Um, But they can do that. Why? Because we have an example in that marriage is a picture of oneness. Why? Because they have oneness. They're of the same mind, right? They can actually finish each other's sentences because over the years, they've practiced, they've lived, and they've breathed oneness with their partner, their spouse, right? So we have that picture, and that's probably the closest thing that we get on this earth to what God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit experience for all of eternity. Right? We're temporal. They are eternal. So you can imagine the oneness that exists there, right? So... I was reading in John 17. Jesus is praying to the Father. And he's praying for you and me. And he could have prayed a lot of things. And I thought this was really interesting. Because, you know, we as a church, we over the centuries have suffered persecution, right? We've suffered uh, being slaughtered at the hands of people who hate God, right? He, He could have prayed... Father, keep them from this disaster that's coming. But he didn't. What did he pray for? Well, let's read in John 17, verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people whom you have gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they... Note that everything that you've given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they've received them. And they've come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you've given me. For they're yours. All mine are yours. Right? There's that oneness. Right? If you're the Fathers, you're the Sons, you're the Holy Spirits, right? I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. How one? Even as we are one. Right? Right? that eternal oneness Jesus' thoughts were never separated from his father's mind were they he said I don't do anything except my father tells me right I don't, I don't have my own agenda I'm not going in a separate direction I'm not doing a different thing I only do what I see my father doing that's the oneness and he's asking, Father, I want them, those that you've given me. I took your name and I gave it to them, and, and you've given me a name among them, which is Jesus. Those that call upon the name of Jesus, wherever they are, whatever color they are, or however they live, they're your brother, they're your sister we are one only we separate ourselves (laughs) God prayed for this thing he didn't pray oh God keep them from persecution things like that why because most of the time when the church is persecuted they become more one amen when you're in the foxhole you don't go oh gee you're a Presbyterian I think I'll go over here now Right? (laughs) No. You say, welcome, brother. We're in the battle together. Right? We're one. He could have asked for many things, but this is what he prayed for us. And that's you and me sitting here today in the middle of all this junk that's going on. He wants us to be one. I have the privilege of traveling as a missionary and seeing many churches and visiting and wherever I go, I am finding I have brothers and sisters everywhere. Yes. And I can walk into a church in, in Oklahoma, and I'm home. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. I can walk into a church in Zimbabwe. I'm home. Hallelujah. Yes. I go to Eswatini, walk in, and I'm home. Look at all the brothers and sisters I have. Hallelujah. Jesus is looking for this for us. I kept them in your name, which you have given me, right? I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost. I want to read in this last part here. I do not ask for those only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. There's still more brothers and sisters out there, isn't there? And he's praying for us to be able to show them this oneness. Right? That we don't have these divisions that we now do exist and have. That we are one in Christ Jesus. If we name that name, which the Father has given for us to be unified into, Jesus. That we are one. That we accept love and approve of each other. I do not ask for those only, but those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us. Wow. Very good. That's amazing. God wants us to be So one, that we are all absorbed into the presence of God. That we are all in Christ. Right? And in Christ we have the same kind of oneness that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. That they also may be in us so that, why? The world may believe that you sent me we do not consider the f- impact that we can have to the world if we simply are one we 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 underestimate that it's it's really valid it's really important jesus's prayer here it's one of the longest recorded prayers in scripture and the point of it was what that we be one just like God is one when when uh like the couple that completes each other's sentences that that we I could stop in the middle of this and my brother over here or somebody else could pick it up and just continue the word of God right because we're so one in his word in the knowledge of him that we could complete each other's sentences hallelujah And that's what he's wanting. Why? Because it's a testimony to the world that God is real. That he exists. And that he is trying to reach them with his love. Amen? So let's make a a conscious decision. I'm going to be one with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't care what they look like, what language they speak, where they come from, or what they do. What I care about is, do they know Jesus? And if they don't, we still, right, want them to see the oneness in us that they might come to know and become one of those who Jesus talks about. I pray for them who will come to the knowledge of Christ through their word. Right. So let's pray about that real quick. Can we can I do that? Father God, we pray that this prayer would be answered in us, Lord. We volunteer. We stand up and say, I want to be one who is one with you, one with your body. And and be a person, Lord, who just seeks that oneness in Christ, seeks to accept love and work together for your kingdom with our brothers and sisters wherever they may be. And we thank you, Lord, that your word will not return to you void, that you've spoken this over us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be a hindrance to your word in us. Help us to be a fulfillment of your word in Jesus' name, amen. Good
3: morning, everyone. I just want to give honor to our amazing, amazing God. Yesterday morning, I was um, wanting to send a message of encouragement to a, a family member, and I was scrolling down, and then I lost it. So I knew that it had disappeared somewhere else. So I had to start all over again. But a few minutes later, I got a message from a lady I don't even know. All I n- know about her is that she inquired about blinds sometime. And she said to me, that was just the word I needed to know. How did you know to send it to me? <laughs> so, so I just said, it was God. Amen. And Jesus must have known that you needed that word of encouragement today. It's an amazing God.
0: God has the, the, the first word, the last word, and uh, his will will prevail, even when we press wrong buttons. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So this morning's been about heaven. It's been about unity. But it's been about Jesus. It's been about his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And we need to have that heavenly perspective and that heavenly mindset and to see that God is at work. So I want us just to, we're going to close with a song. Greg Reed also just, he had a little word and, and the word was, um, sorry, Greg, I'm just going to Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, which was also my scripture for the day, which we kind of never really got there. But, Hebrews chapter 12, and I just want to read just a few verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder. And perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is seated at the right hand. Of the throne of God. That's it eh? Since we are surrounded by. Such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us live a holy life. Let us live a life. Which brings honor to his name. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. In that prayer in John. It's the name of Jesus that protects us. It's the name of Jesus. It's not just a, a, a name that you just, it's, it's his character. It's who he is. It's who Jesus is. It's but it's also a, a name which when we're in trouble and we've heard lots of testimonies and stories of people who cry out the name of Jesus and they are saved in that instance. So let's just sing. Let's just close with, uh, with our father.